you know, I'm glad that you are paying attention to the state of the world because Excuse I just me? now noticed, just, uh-huh. just bear with me here. All right. I just now noticed at the top of the, at the top of the show notes is yeah. a piece of information I was not aware of. It says Maybe happy it episode I... 200. <laughs> I wasn't out. aware of it until I went to our ad system and it said April 10, <laughs> episode 200. Well, go us. Even though uh, we're not releasing this on April 10, we're late. Yeah, uh, why sorry. are we late? Because it was my fault. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Okay. Well, happy episode 200. Hooray! I, I thought it wouldn't happen. <laughs> I thought it wouldn't happen. What do you mean they thought? I thought it wouldn't yeah. happen. Episode oh, 200. It's taking a long time. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what it was so we were weekly for quite a while and then fortnightly for a while. And then monthly. Because it is funny, right? So uh, Connected is at 392. Mm. So started at the same time. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think Connected is the, yeah, the longest, from the beginning, the most episodes, right? Because what, it was analog? Well, Upgrade wasn't at the beginning. I know, but you guys have done so many one-offs, like doubled up so many times. Yeah, Upgrade's over 400. See, there you go. Nothing beats the pen addict, but the pen addict predates oh, well, relay. Sure. We're over five hundred five hundred and eight on the pen addict now. So longest running relay shows unique to relay are uh-huh. this connected and what else was what else was launched? Everything else was predating relay, is that right? Uh well, I mean, only the pen addict was predating and kept its thing. Right. right. So analog connected replaced the prompt, bonanza right, replaced right. bionic. Uh, virtual mm. replaced directional, but then that became remaster anyway. <laughs> right. So is there anything else from the uh, beginning? I thought there, I were the there were there five. Five. There were five. Right. So it's just analog, analog connected. bonanza, connected, the pen addict, virtual, five. Okay. Yeah, we did get it. All right. Yeah. And so connected is the highest numbered from the beginning, mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. upgrade is the highest I think up oh and inquisitive. I forgot my own show. <laughs> so that's six then. Maybe Bonanza wasn't at the beginning, actually. I don't remember now. I genuinely don't remember, which is horrible. But it was eight years ago. It, no, it got eight years. Yeah. Holy smokes. Did it, that you may seem have possible. missed this, but I was recently uh it was mentioned to me while I was streaming and my brain Oh, I did see this. Yes. I have now been podcasting for uh, over half of my life. Is that it? I thought that's what it was. Yeah. 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 I watched you blue screen on a Twitch replay. Your your face just blue screened. It was upsetting for me. (laughs) We'll talk about it. There's a clip. I'll put it in the show notes if people want to watch it. But they clipped it. It was just a weird feeling. It just isn't, doesn't really feel like that That could be correct. But. Yeah, it was uh, very good. And uh, Matt has helpfully put it in the Discord, so we will include it in the show notes. Uh, yeah, it, your, your brain broke. And uh, my brain breaks every time I think about the fact that we've been doing this as long as we have. You know, it, it's, well, you much m- m- longer than I, of course, but even just you and not I that much longer. together. Ah, it's two or three years, I think. Yeah, but that's when not that much longer. When did you start podcasting? Well, 2010. I don't know. Yeah, so you got three years on me. Three. Okay. I, I don't know. I feel it feels like a lot. I guess when it's three out of well, when ten did or whatever. Start? Uh, early 2013, January 2013. 
So yeah, I mean, it just it feels like three is a large share of, of whatever the denominator is. But as I get ever older, it turns out that the denominator gets ever larger, and three is a an ever smaller share of it. As it it's turns just out. It, funny how stuff like that works, really. Yeah, yeah, I forget exactly when it is, but I think in the next five ish years, I'll have been with and known Aaron longer than I didn't. I forget exactly when that mm. turnover is, but it's it's not that far away. It's it's surprisingly close. So. Yeah, time, man. It's wild. I've got a couple of years until I think I'm at that point with Brad. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're, you're OTP, right? Yeah. Oh, goodness. Yeah, right, it was so, Bonanza started in October, so it wasn't ah, one of the originals. Inquisitive was the fifth original. Okay, okay. Yeah, I miss Inquisitive. I know you don't want to do it. I know the reasons you don't want to do it. They're all perfectly reasonable. What they make part, sense. What one do you miss? What iteration do all you miss? There were three iterations. <laughs> Well, I mean, favorite albums was excellent. That's the mm. one that jumps to mind when I mm. think Inquisitive. What then? Command was Command Space the pre, pre precursor predecessor of yeah, Inquisitive. But the Inquisitive lasted for a really long time in that guise, right? If like a weekly interview show, like a guest mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, interview show. Then I did the behind the app documentary style series. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The mm-hmm. uh, that breaks my heart. That thing. Why? Because I worked so hard on it, and it didn't payoff well it's the hardest i've worked for something that didn't work if that makes sense because plus the problem was like it's like the first episode was like the single largest thing that any at that point that had been listened to that i'd made Mm -hmm. and then Mm -hmm. like the second and third episode it like dropped and it ended up being like half of that audience size which then wasn't worth then because then every episode at that point was taking me like 11 hours of work which mm-hmm. then my, my setup was just very different right um because yeah. i was working on more stuff then i think like show wise and everything mm-hmm. that i do mm-hmm. now like just the amount of effort like because at that point i was editing all my own shows etc cetera, etc cetera. and then with the audience size that it ended up being it kind of wasn't that much larger than the interview show in the end. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it was like, this is not worth 11 hours. But the problem yeah, yeah, yeah. was I'd started it. So I had to do <laughs> right. enough to feel like I could complete the project. Like the yep. project was meant to last way longer and be like multiple seasons and stuff. It still holds up, you know. I listened to it like a couple of years ago and I was actually really proud of myself. Because be. like, because like you know, because just just like the fact that I could listen back to it, it was 2015 February 2015, and it still like held up. And yeah, I learned a lot from that process. Like I shouldn't have put it in the Inquisitive feed. Like I should have started it as its own feed. I think it was confusing for people, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. Like there was a lot of things I should have done differently. But I I was surprised how it held up honestly. And then we moved on to the the album thing. And like just for me, it's like guest shows are a whole big production that i don't have the desire to do anymore it's it yeah they come with their own set of challenges uh, like you've got to find the people you've got to arrange your people sometimes on their schedules you get very inconsistent audio back um and all that kind of stuff and they can be hard because you've got to like find uh chemistry with someone and and these days as well like 
I mean, I, I'll be real. Like it, when I was doing this in 2015, there it was kind of it wasn't so much of like. Well, when I started this show, like the weekly interview show, started in like 2010 or whatever, and then kind of went through. It was kind of just like I'll just get on anyone that's interested. Interesting. And then when Relay started, thankfully the internet started waking up to like maybe we should have a balance of the type of people that are on podcasts, you know? Yeah. And so then I it, it was more work because you had to find new voices rather than established voices. And I did it, I think, okay for a while. But today, to really get what I would want out of that kind of show, I don't even think I would be able to personally find all of the people like to to make a show like that you know mm -hmm. where like i really would be happy with the balance of the guests um and so yeah i i'm just it's a lot and i turn my attention to other things now instead you know yeah i've had i honestly don't remember what they are but i've had a couple of occasions when i've thought of a decent idea of a show that was an interview show and in the span of four minutes i would think to myself mm, nope no. I don't think I want to bite that off. Like, like shows do it well. Like I, I'm always really impressed and proud of what Clockwise managed to do. I think yeah, they very, do an incredible so. job considering they have to get two people in every single week. Mm -hmm. Like the the kind of balance um, of backgrounds of their guests. Really, like it's a. I don't know how they do it. I don't know how Dan and Micah do it. Genuinely, like I, it seems, and like a Herculean task. Um, mm -hmm. to as well just not be leaning on the same people all the time yeah I think they do a really good job I, and I just don't I don't have this is there's a couple of things one that is a lot of work right and I would be willing to do the work if I had something I wanted to do but I don't so why <laughs> would I you know totally I don't want to start new shows like brand new shows big new ideas like with the idea that they're going to be successful does that make sense yeah you're stuck with me because these that's, days, that's like you, we're going to talk about a new show that I am doing now, but it's not intended to be this big success, right? Where like if I was going to be doing something like an interview show again, I would have to feel like it's going to be uh, a big success in the sense of like this has to be worth everyone's time and effort. And these days, I honestly as well, I, I don't even think that the market exists anymore. In my in my opinion, like there's just too many of them. You know, if I think yeah. a bit of like celebrity interview show or whatever, you know, mm, like mm -hmm. you, you you could trip and fall in Apple podcasts and you'll you'll hit 20 <laughs> celebrity interview shows. That's very true. Yeah, that's right. I'm just waffling on now. Happy episode 200. Yes, indeed. Happy episode 200. We've made it. We'll see. We'll see if we make it to 400 or even 300. Who knows? That's actually sure be a really so. long time. It could be. That's it could be. I, I don't want to do that math. months. Oh, gosh. I don't even want to think about what that would be. That's like 18 years? Is that right? I can't no. do that math in my head. 200 months from now, according to Wolfram Alpha, is 2038. Yeah. <laughs> I love you so much, but that's not going to happen, buddy. I'll tell you that right now. We will never get to episode 400. It's not going to so, happen. You've heard it here first. <laughs> so in 2038, I will be 56 years old. Yeah, we're not going to be doing this show when we're in our 50s. Hey, why not? I just don't think it's going to happen, buddy. I love you, but that's so long. Let the record show that Mike has quit the show. I'm still here. Mike has quit yeah, the show. By episode 400, I will have quit. <laughs> 
How about that? <laughs> <laughs> that I can guarantee. Like, that's just a defeatist attitude, man. Well, but how many years <laughs> did you say it was? Uh, what did I say? It was 2038. So uh, what is that? 16, 16 years, from years from now. Yeah, something like that. You really? There's no way, right? You're not. You're not. I know you're kidding here, but like, right? There's no Am way. Am I kidding? I don't know. How many years? Sixteen from now. Nah. So let me let me really blow your mind. Declan would be twenty four years old. Yeah, you're not going to be doing this show. Can you He'll imagine? Be retired he's, he's, by then. He, he, I I will be retired at fifty six. Yeah. I can dream. I don't know. It's You'll not likely that a man can then. dream. Uh, I hope to have retired by then. I mean, one could argue. At least one of us is retired now. Probably not you, but one of us is. Yeah, you could argue yeah. is retired. I mean, come now, on, but jeez. But anyway. so here's the thing. Here's the thing. Oh, this is uh, maybe I'm getting mean now. I don't know. When I retire, my plan is to do the amount of work you do now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Hey, why don't you tell me about something that's awesome? Because this is going nowhere good. <laughs> hey, look. Hey, look. What I mean is. Right now, you have like one big project, right? Yes, yes. And then I, you I'm turn your attention to the things you want to do. Yes, like, yes, that's yes. what I aspire in my retirement. <laughs> I am right. not at that stage right now. <laughs> I have like a thousand right big now. projects and I'm working on all of them every single day constantly. Man, that sounds tiring. <laughs> uh, who's the sucker over here? Am I right? right? <laughs> I'm freaking crying. I'm laughing so hard. Oh, oh my, my God. Oh, I don't even have a good segue right now. Oh, gosh. There isn't what, one. Why don't you tell, you tell me about one. something awesome, please? Let me tell our audience about Fitbud. I hope you're not mad at me. I hope I haven't been mean to you. <laughs> I'm, la- I'm crying. I'm laughing so hard. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. All right. Between balance and work and family and just about everything else you've got going on in your life, it can be hard to make fitness a priority. What you need is a program that will work with you, not against you. That is why I want to let you know about Fitbud. Fitbot has an algorithm. That's its whole thing. They have this really cool algorithm, this system that learns about you and your goals and your ability to train. Then then you're going to get a, a personalized exercise plan that is crafted to be unique to you. And Fitbot's app makes it so incredibly easy to learn exactly how to perform each exercise that they pick for you. Because you look, personal fitness, right? I find this to be... When I came across this idea, it was very important to me that it's not about having to compete with other people. Like when, if you look at other people and be like, I want to be as fit as them and do exactly what they do, it can be really hard for it to stick because what you need is something that is going to work with you, not against you. And that's what FitBuzz <laughs> all about. That's when it sticks. It's when you see the results. It is this dynamic fitness plan that FitBuzz creates. So you're going to be able to have everything that you need all in their fantastic app, which is all personalized to you. You can make your progress on your goals from anywhere. Look, whether you work out twice a day or twice a week, they make sure to learn from every workout so that your next will be even better than your last because everybody's fitness path is different. This is why FitBuzz does so much work to make sure to customize things exactly to suit you. I really love how great the app looks i love the video tutorials it's such an important thing for me they shoot this from these different angles which means that you're able to see exactly how to perform each exercise and i love how it integrates with my apple watch so you can advance through the exercises on the apple watch so if you've learned some of the exercises you don't necessarily need to see the videos you can leave your phone to the side 
and advance through them. So I really think that's awesome. It also integrates with Wear OS smartwatches and apps like Strava, Fitbit, and Apple Health. Personalized training of this quality can be expensive. Fitbot is just $12.99 a month or $79.99 a year, but you can get 25% off your membership by signing up at fitbot.me slash analog. So go now and get your customized fitness plan at fitbot.me slash analog. That way you will also get 25% off your membership. That is fitbod.me slash analog for 25% off. Our thanks to Fitbod for the support of this show and Relay FM. So, you know, I'm not retired right now, despite mm-hmm. what you might think, but I am I never said you were, were retired. <laughs> I, know, I know, I know. I said when I'm retired, I want to do the amount of work you currently do, Indeed. which is mean uh, in its own way. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on, uh, but I am I am hurtling ever closer to retirement age, and I have crossed I have crossed a boundary. I have crossed a threshold. I am forty years old. Mike. Oh, congratulations! Thanks, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so I'm forty now, and honestly, it's basically the same junk as thirty or thirty nine, even. But uh, but, but it feels different. Yeah, yeah. It, it's older and it feels more creaky. Different. You make more noises when definitely, you stand up. You know? Definitely more creaky. Yeah, if you've if you've ever seen Letterkenny, uh, big dad noises energy. I right would here. love to watch that show. I can't tell if you're trolling me. I'm not, but it's impossible for me to find it. <sighs> oh, oh, I see. I see what I'm saying now, Michael. Hello. I'm I'm going to try very hard to forget <laughs> what you just said to me because uh, I'm so angry at you right now. I wasn't even angry before. Now uh, I am so angry at you. I am if so flexed. That is that's the real thing. I can if say that you don't there do any was work. A way. I can call you old, but if I dare to insult your Plex library, that's where it that's where it lands. Michael, if only there was a way uh-huh. you could watch this television program. Oh my gosh, I hate you so much right now. Anyway, uh, so funny funny enough, it says in the show notes, does this actually bother you with regard to me turning 40? No. With regard to you not believing in the magic that is Plex? Yes! Yes, it mm-hmm, does! Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, <laughs> Killing mm-hmm, me, Smalls. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, uh, no, it doesn't bother me too much in the grand scheme of things. Like, it, it feels... Not like physically, my body is no more broken than it was a month ago, but it feels different. Like it, it feels like a different number in the same way, you know, 30 felt different than 20 or 29 or whatever. Um, it feels a little bit different, but I, in the grand scheme of things, it's just a number in the same way. Like I jump on the scale every morning and I use that as an indicator of my fitness. And, but it, in the end of the day, it's just a number. That's like, not a great it, indicator of fitness. What, what, sorry. Yes. No, I shouldn't have phrased it that way. Completely agree with you. A thousand percent agree with you. But my point is just, you know, I, I'd like to know if if that number is changing so I can potentially, you know, a- act on it one way or another. And and I, I don't think that that is a particularly great measure of it. But my point is just that it's just a number. In the grand scheme of things, it's just a number. It's a data point, that, right? And, and yeah. depending on what you do, like, so like I was doing that for a while, right? Data point, like my weight. But now, now I do more uh, weight training, Right, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it messes up that number because I get heavier. Yeah, so like it's hard to, you know. So yeah, I'm just saying. I'm just which saying, is, which like, isn't really messing it up. Like, which is your point? Like, you're not actually messing anything up. Right. It's but just before that, I'd be like, well, if I'm getting heavier, that's bad. But right. It's actually exactly. the opposite. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's 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 not. Yeah. And I mean, obviously, everyone's goals are different than everyone else's. But we're getting off on a tangent yeah. here. But but nevertheless. Um, yeah, it does. It's a number. That's all I'm trying to say is that your weight is a number. Age is a number. It's just a number. And so I don't feel 
I don't know. I don't feel that different. It, it's weird because I feel like 30, like 20 is young. 30 or 20s is young. 30s is youngish. I don't think I can claim any amount of youth anymore at 40 years old, you know? And again, it is just a number. It's really not that different than I was a month ago, but it just feels like I am no longer by any measure, by any even gracious, generous measure. I do not feel like I am young in any way, shape or form. And that's, that's a little bit of a bummer, but in some ways it's also better because I feel like, and I've, we may have talked about this on, on here, maybe it was ATP, but I feel like I'm starting, I'm easing into midlife now. I've noticed myself gravitating toward music that I listened to in like high school and college, not yeah. deliberately. It just kind of is happening all of a sudden uh, in the same way white cars can happen to you, it turns out, but um, it's just happening. And I'm trying to actively counteract that by seeking new music and trying to prevent myself from being completely ancient. That, but, this is one of those things where like I gave up on that a long time ago and yeah, perfectly and fine with it. That's probably the right answer. Like, if I'm I let... New, a new band or two into my life maybe one or two a year at most mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and then it's like i can i can be perfectly <laughs> happy with all of the music that i've known plus the new releases from those bands yeah yeah and yeah. i am very happy with that i get that i'm not a big music listener though anymore like i don't i don't really i i forget really? i forget to listen to music which is very strange Okay, so can, can we pull on this thread a minute? Yeah, I'm man. curious about this. So w- in what occasions do you feel like you used to listen to music and no longer do? Uh, being out and around in the world. It's like sometimes oh, okay. I'll listen to I, podcasts yeah. and sometimes I would listen to music, but now it's only podcasts, right? Interesting, okay. And then otherwise it'd be like, you know, maybe I'd have music on when I'm working or whatever, mm-hmm. but I always I forget to do it. And like I, a couple of weeks ago, when I got the studio display, I was mm-hmm. like, oh, let me put some music on. And I had a great day. I loved it. I was just working with some music playing. But then I haven't done it since because I, I just forget. I don't know why. I think I am perfectly happy to, to have silence. I like silence. <laughs> mm-hmm. I just like to hear nothing for a while. Um, but yeah, I, I tend to just forget to, to put music on. Yeah. See, for me, I do not like silence. I really do not like silence. And (laughs) I always need some sort of background, something happening. And when I was like before kids, that was often, but not always the TV. Um, And sometimes it was news. Sometimes it was wholesome thing. Well, the news isn't wholesome, but you know what I'm saying? Like sometimes it was decent stuff. And a lot of times it was just like trash. Especially Um, when you were doing that thing. I don't know if you do anymore. Do you used to watch Fox once a day? Like once a week? I used to. I used to. Just to understand the other side. Yes. And and I I stand by that. I think it was a useful experience. I I also thought it was a good idea. Like... um, it was horrifying, but it was useful nevertheless. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, but we don't watch television news anymore. Um, but but I I need to have something on in the background. So if I'm working, if I'm working and concentrating super hard, then I'll have music on. If I'm working and not concentrating super hard, then I can put on a podcast. If I'm doing dishes or like, you know, I, I don't typically do much of the yard work or washing cars is a better example. Like I'll put on a podcast. Uh, but I, I don't care for silence. It is not my thing. I don't know why. I think because I grew up in a house that was typically playing music, occasionally a TV, but more often than not music. And so I was, I've never been used to silence and it feels weird to me. Um, so I always have to have music on, but, 
um, where, where, where did I start with this? Oh yeah. So yeah, not being out in the world, that's a really obvious example that I didn't think about of, of a time that you would have listened to music that don't anymore. Oh, well, I mean, it's just for me, like being out in the world, I listen to podcasts. That's, yeah, you know? Yeah. It makes sense. It makes perfect sense. Um, in, in the car, you know, I'll typically listen to podcasts, whereas I, yeah, that's actually a good example of something that's flipped. I used to always listen to music in the car and very rarely listen to podcasts. And now it's the opposite. Now I'm, unless I'm with family, like when I'm by myself in the car, it's always podcasts, always, always, always podcasts. But, um, you know, teach their own. But anyways, I mean, other than me just feeling like I'm reaching midlife in, in random ways, like not caring as much what people think of me, that's a, a lifetime journey for me, but I'm caring less and less as time goes on. What does that mean? I want to pull uh, on that thread. (laughs) Fair. Uh, I I used to, I think I still do care a lot what people think of me, but I care less than I ever have in my life. Um, Who? Because anyone, strangers, randos, Uh you, Aaron, kids. You don't have to ever worry about what I think of you. Oh, thanks, Pooh. I appreciate Uh, that. Because you're maybe one of the, (laughs) this is an odd thing to say, you may be one of the only people in my life where I actually tell you what I think of you. <laughs> Fair, that's true. Right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, th- I feel like our relationship is quite special Agreed. In, in that way. If like if I ever have a problem with you, I just tell yeah. you the problem. Yeah. Which is that I think that those relationships are few and far between in people's lives. Where like you you feel like you can just <laughs> say to someone, "Hey, here's the way that you're annoying me," or "Here's the thing that you're do- not doing right," or also how much you care about someone. So, yeah, no, and I I emphatically agree. And we've both done that to the other. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds negative, but you know what I mean. We've both done that with each other. I should mm-hmm. say um, over the over the years. I mean, sometimes it is against the will because you know you don't know it's coming, but right. No, but anyways, no, I agree with you. And and so I, I'm still working on that. I mean, it still bothers me when I read negative feedback. It always will, but I'm I'm yeah. working on it and and I'm getting but I'm getting better. Um and one thing that I've been really, really, really working on over the last year or two, and I'm not doing a great job, but I'm getting better, is realizing what it's worth spending my energy on, my emotional energy on. Um, sometimes I still think I'm, I do a bad job at my physical energy, but my emotional energy, you know, there's things that, that you just can't change. Like there's, there's nothing you can do about certain situations, certain circumstances, certain things. And, Mm. and it is very hard for me not to want or not to actively try to fix things. So, you know, there's been some drama within our family, not yeah. like Aaron and the kids and me, but like our broader family. Yeah. And for a long time, that bothered me extremely deeply. And it's, well, it still bothers me, but I spend less time thinking about it, perseverating on it and thinking about it mm-hmm. and, and worrying about it because ultimately there's nothing I can do. Yeah. I don't know. We were just talking about this, uh, Adina and I, like, I don't know where I got this idea from or it came up in something we were watching, but like, I have definitely gotten to a stage in my life where I have come to accept that I cannot force change on people. Yeah, exactly. At a certain point, they're just going to do what they're going to do, no matter what you ask from them. And being able to accept that you cannot control that, at least for me, brings an element of calm to my life where I kind of have to just wash my hands of it a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and like no obviously I'm not perfect on that nobody would be I don't think but I think that there is just this element of like I can't and will not try and 
tell someone exactly what to do. I, I will yeah. advise and then it's up to them. Yeah, I completely agree. And that's well said. And so uh-huh. in ways like that, and I don't think, you know, turning 40 is, is just suddenly changed everything. It's just life experience. It's life experience. Yeah. And it's, it's, it's understanding that I like, this is going to sound way more morbid than I mean it, but you know, as you get ever closer to what would presumably be the end of your days, you start to reprioritize. And as you learn more, you reprioritize, reprioritize what's important. And the more I fret about family things and, and interpersonal relationships that, like you said, I can't control, mm-hmm. the less time I have for things I can control. And again, it's like, do as I say, not as I do. I'm yeah. not great at this, but I'm working sure. on it. And but I'm this is one of those things it. that I think for a lot of people has been accelerated because of coronavirus, where yeah. we have yeah. family and friends that are making decisions that seem wild <laughs> sometimes. <laughs> In one way or another, right? Sure, sure. You know, you can either think someone's acting too uh, proc- scared, like, too mm-hmm. scared, and too with too uh, high precaution, or not enough, right? Like I think it could, it, yeah. depending on where you sit, like it's very easy to feel both ways. And it's like one of those things where, like, at a certain point, you kind of just be like, "Well, you are going to do what you're going to do. It's going to change the way I interact with you, but yep. that's just." That's just how it's going to go. I feel like I've hit those points a lot over the last couple of years. Yeah, same. Um, And speaking of COVID, this is my third COVID birthday, but it was Mm. the realization of something that was three years in the making, well, two-ish years in the making, whatever. Um, Right before my birthday, because remember, my birthday is mid-March, and it was literally four days after um, we entered what we call lockdown. I know I can't really use lockdown with you because you actually had a lockdown, but um, when when the List family entered, quote-unquote, lockdown, it was March 13th of 2020. I turned, what, 38, uh, four days later. And so we had planned, I think, not the 4th, because the, the 13th was a Friday. I think it was like the 21st, so it wasn't the, the Saturday immediately after we entered lockdown, but the following, that we were going to have um, a bunch of people, like our family, mostly family, actually, to go come together and go to... Uh, my favorite barbecue place in all of Richmond. And I have a couple of, well, I have a couple of favorites, but if I had to pick just one, it's this one, it's a place called ZZQ. And, uh, we were planning to all meet up and eat there. And and I, I told everyone like, don't get me gifts, which mostly we don't do anyway. Like, don't get me gifts. This place is a relatively expensive restaurant. Just buy yourself your own food. And that is your gift to me. Just come and, and visit with me and, and, mm. you know, have a meal with me and that and I'm, I'll be happy for that. That was going to be what seven days eight days after lockdown so we canceled it in 2020 2021 things are getting better but nobody's vaccinated yet uh, although as it turns out i was just a couple of weeks away from my first shot um nobody's vaccinated we're still not entirely sure how safe the outside is and so 2021 no good 2022 however it was my time baby and so my parents came and my uh, brother and sister-in-law or my brother-in-law and his sister uh, his not his sister his wife my brother-in-law and his wife uh, and, and the four of us we all went and ate outside at ZZQ and it felt incredibly incredibly good like as much as mm-hmm. I'm poking fun it felt incredibly good to you know 2 years later i guess for my third pandemic birthday to finally get the simple thing i wanted so badly which was just to eat outside at one of my favorite restaurants and it was amazing so this was like not really a COVID birthday right because you actually not got exactly, to do the thing right. you wanted to do of course yeah it's different in different ways right like things change like things are just different um sure 
but at least you got to do that thing that you wanted to do, which is then kind of funny because it's like, this isn't what you would have done for your 40th birthday, I expect. You probably well, no, would have had like a party not. or something, right? Uh, yes, exactly. But so it was, but wasn't. Being, <laughs> but this ends up being like a big deal because you waited three years for this. <laughs> exactly right. So it was, it was in its own way a, a very big deal. And plus, you know, Aaron spoiled me quite a bit. Um, she, I don't know if this has been, a th- well, probably not in London, of course, but I don't know if this has been a thing in the UK, but um, early on in the pandemic, it became very popular as some recogniz- recogniz- recognition of somebody's like a special event to to get like, the, I think the company that does it here is like yard signs or something like that. But they're basically these big, like two foot tall letters that they'll just drop. Maybe yeah. it was on Aaron's Instagram. I saw it on Probably. Instagram somewhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it was Aaron's. And uh, and so she ordered for me uh, yard signs that said, you know, happy 40th, Casey. And that was very unexpected and, and very cute. And it made me very happy. Um, and, you know, she just put everything together and orchestrated a bunch of things and, and mm-hmm. put up a bunch of decorations in the house and really made it as great a 40th birthday as she possibly could, given the fact that we can't throw like a big blowout party. Can I put this image in the show notes? Yeah, yeah. I mean, if okay. it's on her Instagram, uh, then yeah. I, I wasn't. Definitely. I didn't remember if Aaron's Instagram was private. I think or not. no. I I don't believe it is. I think I think it is safe. But thank you for asking. Uh, um, because the funny when I first saw the image, I thought that she'd made the image. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't realize it was a sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it mm-hmm. looks like it's superimposed. Like it's so. It just looks so good. The sign. That I thought that she'd made the image in like <laughs> I, I don't know like some app that helps you create yeah, yeah. graphics or something, you know? Yeah, so you should look into that. I bet that would be good. No, but this isn't your app. Doesn't do this. I know. I'm just trying to be funny. Calm down. You're a very successful app. I was gonna yeah. rib you the other day, but I didn't do it. Oh, good, great. Because no, no, no. It's it's good. And plus, we're talking about Masquerade, which we should go get. How do people get Masquerade? Uh, you go to the app store and search for masquerade. M A S K E R A I D. No URLs or anything. Uh, you mean you could go to caselist.com slash masquerade, but it's just as easy to go to the app store. We are. Oh yeah. Cause we already looked at if you could get masquerade.com, right? I thought we did. I, I think thought we've I already not. had this conversation. Oh, no, wait, didn't I, wait, no, no, no. Didn't I buy it on the show? Hold on. I if thought, you did I and you haven't set that up to do something, Casey, I don't know what's <laughs> wrong I, with you. I think I completely forgot. This is no, why it's we, not this masquerade.com. Masquerade.app. Maybe that's what it was. Anyway, yeah, I don't know. Well, well, I'll look into it. Okay, so you posted some images and they say create with masquerade. And yeah. I wanted my my thought was, oh, James made the joke. So I'm happy yeah, someone was there. I yeah, can't believe you yeah, haven't paid for masquerade. There you go. Me and James have a very similar sense of humor, so I'm not surprised that he also <laughs> got it. Uh, but I saw it and it was and it did it made me chuckle. Oh yeah, yes. we looked at this. Sam's put it in the chat. This was when we had the conversation about like you have to make an offer to buy. It was one of those mm-hmm. things. But yeah, mm-hmm. I just thought that 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 was funny. Uh, we haven't actually spoken about it. How uh, this is this is completely off topic. So I'm actually going to put it in here because I want to make sure that you're. Uh, can, are we done with the for, ha, Casey turns thought forty? Oh thing? yeah, 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 yeah. We're 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 good. All right. So I'll ask you now. Then how's Masquerade? How's the experience been so far uh, for you? It's okay. Um, oh no! It, it's the, the, I don't like the, the sound the, of that. Well, the. You know, it, it, as with every other app, it made a big splash and then sales immediately petered off. I actually haven't looked in a few days or in a week or maybe two it's gone to see how wild. it's gone. Maybe you've made a million dollars. I sincerely doubt that. But okay. um, yeah, the, the initial the initial splash was a splash, but it was not a cannonball, if you will. It was a splash. And I'm somewhat disappointed about that, to be honest with you. 
Um, I think a lot of this is my own fault. You know, I think okay. I, I think I I'm not a good marketer. Is what I'm learning over time. Okay. Um, and so I I think that I need to continue to work on marketing. Um, at the moment. I have a few fixes that I need to make for just general functionality and things like that. And then once I get to the the, the app to the point that all the low-hanging fruit is done, then I'm going to really try to invest both in time and potentially in money, uh, invest in some amount of marketing. Um, and Mrs. Soup is asking, have I done any marketing? I have, but not not much, to be honest. And so I need to do more. Um, you could argue my talk show appearance was somewhat marketing for Masquerade, although it's so kind good, of a, by the way. If, well, you, you. if, if anyone listening to this show has not yet listened to Casey's appearance on the talk show, which I know was a big deal for him, and as it should be, it's a pretty cool thing to, that you got to do. Uh, you should go and listen to it. I think that it was a really good episode, and uh, yeah, I really liked it a lot. Well, thank you. Um, so I did that. I did a launched, which is a really great podcast yeah. about you know app launches, which I thought came out really well. It actually channeled. There was some big uh, analog energy in that, uh, in a good mm. way. And so, uh, you, if you like this show, you'll probably enjoy that as well. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Charlie's good at that. Yeah, he's very very good. And so I, I need to do more marketing. And and you know the sales. It, it's been enough that I'm not miserable, but it's not enough that I'm happy. If that makes sense. Mm. So. Okay. Um, well, let me ask you this, because was it? It was Vignette, right? Vignette mm-hmm. was the app that you sold that to, right? It, it. I don't. Oh, it was in app purchase, same as Masquerade, right? Yes. Because mm-hmm. I remember you being unhappy with Vignette with a performance that I thought was really good, and so did no, most people I, if around I you. I wasn't happy with Vignette. I was wrong because Vignette did well. Yeah, uh, you Peek were unhappy you. though. You were unhappy yeah. with the well, results, I, and I everybody you. in your life was having to tell you why you were being unreasonable to yourself. I was being unreasonable. I absolutely was. Okay, so, so you, this is different to. to it, it, this to is a fraction. This is a fraction of of Vignette. Um, and I think it was, that Masquerade has potential, though. I, think I do you too. Just haven't I really found do. it yet. And, and like, I agree. So like, here's the thing. I think you need. I think you need to advertise on Instagram. That's what I think you need to do. I think I do as well. I really you do. Need to, but you need some help with that. I also do. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I agree like, with that. Because that stuff is hard. right? Like it is, it's hard. It's hard to both create the assets and then it's also really hard to put them <laughs> on Instagram advertising. Mm-hmm. I've been trying mm-hmm. this. I've been doing it a bit myself. And it's really hard work. Like They do not make it easy. It's really easy to boost a post, but that's not what you want to do. You want to actually have it be a proper ad. Um, But yeah, you're going to need to get a Masquerade Instagram account and do do the whole thing. Yeah, I I think other than trying to just reach people with audiences that I think this is relevant to, so like foster parenting related things... um, uh, parents in general. Did you contact parenting blogs and stuff? I did. End? I did a handful. Yeah. Okay. And I got crickets back. Um, okay. but I, I don't think, I also don't think that the email that like the pitch I sent was very good. So I might try it again with like a different spin on the pitch, but I also, I, I've been told that uh, it getting into TikTok is doable and it could be extremely rewarding and lucrative. Certainly that's what happened with underscore, although not by his hand, it was somebody yeah, else. I don't know about TikTok though for you. Because I, I don't, I don't Masquerade know. doesn't do video. Fair. I, I completely agree. That's why but I think Instagram is a better market. 
You're probably right. I don't know. But I, I got to look into it. And right now I'm still in code mode and, and I need to get out of that and start getting into marketing mode. Yeah, I would say like get it to like as close to feature complete as you can. Focus on that part first. Exactly. And exactly. then focus on the second part, which is then right. trying to like get it out to people. Yeah. And and that's the thing. And that's the plan. And and I feel like, you know, Peak of View was, is a good app. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with it, but I think it's niche. It's unquestionably niche. Mm. And Vignette, I think you and I have slightly differing opinions on Vignette, but I, I mostly think that you're right about how it could have, with a lot of work, become you know pretty popular. Uh, but I think with Masquerade, I think it's pretty well applicable to damn near anyone. I think it has a larger, obviously has a larger potential market. Yeah, yeah. And so that's why I feel like in the same way that peak of view is just kind of on life control or at the, you know, life support on, uh, at the moment. Um, and that's fine. Like I have actually made a couple of changes to peak of view recently, but I haven't released them, but you know, it being on life support, like that's fine. I feel like once I get to the point that masquerade, like you said, is, is maybe not on life support, but like the big stuff is squared away. Then I can really concentrate a lot on marketing. And you know, I figure I'll give that, you know, a couple of months or something like that to see if I can get a big heave going and if after a few months I've come up with a new app idea and, and Masquerade is still kind of just puttering along, then, you know, I tried and I've learned and I'll try again for the next one. Could it work with video? <sighs> Maybe, but it would be very difficult. Like for the, the, the development, the code of it would be very difficult. Okay. It's possible, but it's very difficult. Plus, even more than that, the user experience gets really quirky really quick like how do you adjust the size when the 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 face and the frame is getting bigger and smaller as mm. the camera is moving okay. closer and further from the face you know it's just it's it's a it's a solvable problem it is yeah and i'd probably make a gazillion dollars if i solved it but it would take know. me two years to do it you know i don't so know I, if you would i i i one of it's i don't know how much you know i probably would it probably would work pretty well yeah, exactly, and and so it's tough. And it's I'm thinking tough. about it, like, yeah, then then you could like, if you could you could sell it to TikTokers and stuff. But yeah, it'd be hard. It'd be really hard to do because yep. at that point, this is the other thing, right? Like, a, a potential future for Masquerade is like that it doesn't just detect faces, mm -hmm. right? It could detect other things, and you can add emoji to that, right? You know, like putting things in people's hands. Sure, sure, sure. Right. So, but I don't, the UI of that feels quite complicated. That's the thing. As soon as you talk about, you know, 24 to 60 frames a second, you know, when oh, you I want to adjust in, the size. In, in, in images. Oh, 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 oh. yeah. Right. I mean, so, like, if I held my hand out and you could put an emoji in it, right? But mm -hmm, mm -hmm. The, the UI of, like, where is the emoji automatically going? Right. Exactly. Seems complicated. Exactly. When there's still stuff that you can do with what you've got rather than needing to, to branch out. I don't know, but I mean, it's, it's going all right, but it's, I'm not, I'm not depressed by it, but I'm not overjoyed by it. And, mm. and certainly, and I think the thing that bothers me so much about it is where peak of view, I actually haven't looked at the, um, numbers on early peak of view sales, but my recollection is it was similar. And I think that didn't bum me out as much because I felt like the addressable market for peak of view is, was somewhat small, if mm -hmm. not vanishingly small. Whereas, as we've said to each other several times, even on this very recording, uh, the the addressable market for 
for Masquerade, I think, is considerably larger. And so that's what bums me out. It's just I haven't put it in front of the right set of people yet. You know, right. Not, so and I like, don't mean to insult people who have it. It's just if I could get it in front of the right like influencer or the right blog or what have you, then I feel like it could really have some legs. Yeah. I mean, this is one of those things, right? I understand why you're feeling that way. I probably feel pretty similar. But th- 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 you need to just change the goal now. The goal is get it in front of the people. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you yeah, got to find that people do this. Why can't you do it? It's because I'm no good at it and I need to get good at it. No, like, no, no. That's the journey. Like, that's not actually, I'm not actually asking you the question. Mm. Right. It's, mm-hmm. it's a rhetorical question. Sure. Right? Sure, like, sure. The answer is there. That isn't the right answer that you gave me. The answer is I need to work out how to do it. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. You can't mm-hmm. just be like, oh, no, I can't do it. Of course you can do it. Anyone can do it. Yeah. Yeah, but it's not easy and it's not guaranteed. But it's like with most things, you keep putting the work in. You can only get the success if you put the work in. Yeah, definitely. So it's definitely. actually the only way that it happens. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I understand. I, I totally, I mean, look, we were just talking about it earlier on in the episode, right? Like about the behind the app inquisitive thing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like, I, I know, I know this feeling. No, it's hard, man. It's hard. It's hard. And I, I don't think it's like lost time. Like, I, I, even knowing how not great sales have been, you know, knowing knowing that end result, if you'd asked me, like, is this an app worth building? I still think it is because I learned mm. a ton of different things about mm-hmm. a ton of different things. And so it, it any, any time, one of the great advantages of writing code, and I'm not saying it's unique to this, but, you know, one of the great advantages of the line of work that I do occasionally is that any time I spend doing it is time... Uh, that I'm honing my craft and getting better at it. Right. And so I I don't regret the time spent on it. Of course, I wish it went differently, but I I don't regret the time spent on it. And I think I've learned a ton by having done it. Yeah. But you're all starting to sound like you're talking like it's over. Uh, Yeah, I I probably am. And And I don't think it's over. No, I don't think it's over. I just, I, I need to, I need to, embrace Casey the marketer which has never really existed before sure. and I need to figure out how to do it you just have to understand that it will cost money to do yeah that's also true that's you, also this true. is one of those things where you spend money to make money like yep. that's that's how this that's what this next stage is mm-hmm. if you want to progress that so I will obviously assume you had some kind of goal and it's not met that uh, I had a very squishy goal, you know, which is, you know, I'd like to see it do at least as well as Vignette, and it is not even in the ballpark right now. That's a shame. Yeah, That's I a mean, real shame. I feel bad because I want it to be very successful because well, I think I, I think it's it. very good. I think it's very good. And I think you had a decent idea that you turned into a great app. Well, thank you. Right? Like, that. that's how I feel like it ended up being of like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. But then the, when I started using it, then I was like, oh, actually, like, I can use this for things that aren't mm-hmm, what case. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't have kids, but it doesn't matter. You know what I mean? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. No, I'm with you, and I appreciate it. Mm. Yeah, so go buy the app. Go buy, go yeah. buy it right now. Is there a website <laughs> to be, yeah, to so be agree I, on that? It's... It is masquerade.app, and and I quickly tried to add a, a, a forward in in hover, and I must have done it wrong because it doesn't seem to be working. But I don't want to try to work it out while we're recording, so I'll figure yeah, it out. Yeah, these things take time, don't they? Well, it's it's only fifty minute TTL, so maybe it's maybe I just that's haven't waited never fifteen that, minutes. These things take time; they take they take hours. Yeah, that's fair. So yeah, masquerade.app, maybe. Masquerade. <laughs> 
app. Safari cannot connect to the Yeah, server. see, that's what I was getting. So I, I think I think the, you've the, done it wrong. <laughs> I think I probably have. I mean, sure, it looks right to me, but I think I've probably done it wrong. Make sure you uh, have the right, right thing set in the forward. Sometimes I can get lost. Well, see, I thought, I thought so. We'll work it out. I'll work it out. This episode is brought to you by our friends at Squarespace, the all-in-one platform for building your brand and growing your business online. You can stand out with a beautiful website, engage with your audience, and sell anything, your products, services, even the content that you create. Squarespace has got you covered. With Squarespace, you can use insights to grow your business. If you've ever wondered where your site visitors and sales are coming from, which channels are most effective, you can analyze all of that in Squarespace. Once you've got the data, you can improve your website and build a marketing strategy based on your top keywords or most popular products and content. This is part of that all-in-one platform. They give you all of this as part of a Squarespace plan, which is awesome. And again, like if you want to reach more people, they have wonderful SEO tools. You can They have a whole suite of integrated features and useful guides to help you maximize prominence among search results. This goes back to that marketing that we were just talking about. This is part of it. And you can also get blogging with Squarespace. They have powerful blogging tools to help you share stories, your photos, your videos, your updates. You can categorize, share, and schedule your posts to make your content work for you. But without a shadow of a doubt, my favorite thing about Squarespace is just how easy it is to design a website. They have these beautiful templates that you can customize to your heart's content and really make it feel like your own. But just clicking and dragging, and you can even use their apps to do a lot of this stuff now and customize how the site looks. It's really very cool, very special. Go to squarespace.com analog. You can sign up for a free trial with no credit card required. Then when you're ready to launch, use the offer code analog and you'll save 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain. That is squarespace.com slash analog. And when you decide to sign up, use the offer code analog and you'll get 10% of your first purchase and show your support for the show. A thanks to Squarespace for their support of Analog and Relay FM. You uh, dropped a bomb in the show notes here. I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. Oh, really? I feel like, I mean, we can we can talk about my spring break in a little bit, but uh, you dropped a bomb and I don't want to lose time for this. Mm. Uh, what's going on with your housing situation, my dude? My housing situation... And the way the way you say it like that, it's like, <laughs> uh, it's time to move. Uh, we've lived in our apartment for, I think this will be six years, nearly seven, maybe seven years. Mm. I don't even remember. It's I'm a long so time. bitter. I'm so bitter. I didn't have a chance to come see it when I was in London. I'm so. It's not no, your fault. Don't worry it was my about fault. it. Don't. No. 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 This is the point, right? We're not like we're not like moving out and then just like never, and that's it. We don't have a home anymore. Sure. So like we have an, our apartment, right? And our apartment has been the place that we have lived for the last say six years. I now want to have a home. As in something that's not an apartment? I'm not trying to be snarky. I'm genuinely asking. Right. So like this is that thing where like I say home and people go, oh, you don't have a house, you have an apartment. Which is just like, shut up, right? Like I just mm. don't have the, I'm not saying this to you. I've gotten this from yeah, people yeah, before. Yeah. It's still my home. It's still my house. Yes, it is an apartment. It's a flat. It's not a full contained building. Like, this is just like a longstanding annoyance that I have. Uh, but anyway, we got this place as our starter, right? Sure, and we decorated sure. it. And we left it. We just did it all up before we moved in, moved in, and we lived there the whole time. We never really changed it. And I kind of feel like we never truly made it our home because as soon as we moved in, we were like, five years, we're gone. <laughs> right? That was always the plan. We had a sure, mortgage sure. for five years, right? Like fixed rate for five years. Once that came up, we we're going to move. 
Uh, that came up during COVID, so that wasn't going to happen. Fair. So we decided to hold on for a little bit. But we have now decided now is the time. Uh, and, and I th- probably within the next couple of weeks, we'll be putting our house on the market. Oh, wow. Holy smokes. Uh, our apartment, I should say, on the market. And there's just like, <sighs> this is going to be horrible, Casey. Why do you say that? So there's just like a bunch of things going on right now, which I don't know if they're unique to London. I don't know if they're unique to the UK or whatever, but the whole process has been flipped on its head in a way that the UK house buying or the England house buying process isn't great for. Okay, tell me more. So at the moment, there is so much demand for buying homes. Mm, this is sounding familiar. Carry on. For us to be able to even get good viewings, like to go and see decent properties, mm-hmm. we have to have already sold our home to someone. What? We have to get somebody to say, I will buy your apartment before we can then go and look at houses of our own. Why? Because so many people are selling and moving, especially into the types of properties that we want, which is maybe further away from London and or like apartments into houses, right? Because of COVID, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone's kind of changing what they want. That like there's so many people willing to buy. Why would you sell to someone who they haven't sold yet when you can sell to somebody? I see, I see. Yep, 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 I see. So we have to be under offer before we can go and look at something. I understand what you're saying. That's Which is like, tough. it wasn't that way before. Mm-hmm. You know? And so now it's like, we just have to wait. And we have to, and then oh, it's going to be rough. And then plus we've got this whole big problem of valuation versus market versus choice. So our home is valued at what it's valued at. I'm not going to give numbers. I feel like it's a bit gross maybe. But our, our home is valued at a, a an amount of money, like technically by the more, by the bank, mm-hmm. based on mm-hmm. what they expect in the area that we live for an apartment with two bathrooms, two bedrooms, and a large living room, right? It's like a decent value, more than what we paid for it, right? But the problem is, in our specific area, there is quite a lot of apartments available that meet mm. our uh, same specification. Mm-hmm. So the valuation, the amount that we can put it on the market for is literally tens of thousands of pounds less than what it would be valued at. Like we have lived in this place for like six years. The market is booming. We'll be lucky to get what we bought it for. Oh, that's brutal. And that is killing me because that money, that money is what, we should be using to help us buy something bigger. Yep. Right? Mm-hmm. But we won't get it. And that's killing me. Yeah, that would, that would absolutely murder me. That's what we always banked on, right? You do two things. You hold on to your home, you pay off some of the mortgage, you get your deposit back, basically when you sell it, right? Mm-hmm. You get the, 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 the equity that you've built up plus the additional money that the house has made just because house prices always go up, right? Right, 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 right. We're not going to get that third part. Oh, that's brutal. It's, so you, it's, it's killing me, man. 
So are you going to wait until there's less nah. equivalent, fewer equivalent things on the market and then no. you do stand out? No, because for the last two years, it's been this way where we live. Mm. And so like, I don't, I'm not going to wait forever on this. We're just going to have to cut our losses. On yeah. It. So I can't speak for your specific situation in London and I can't speak of for most of America, but with Richmond, it's been very interesting because um, it, it, I've talked about kind of the geography of Virginia many times, but basically way up at the top of Virginia is Northern Virginia, which is all the Washington DC suburbs, tons of money, tons of people, and not a lot of space and a ton of traffic. If you drive South on interstate 95, the, the one that runs from the bottom of the country, all the way to the top from Florida to Maine. Um, if you drive South of 95, about an hour, you hit a relatively large city called Fredericksburg and then another hour or thereabouts and you hit Richmond. So what's happened over the last year or so in particular is everyone who lives in Nova, almost none of whom, oh, that's Northern Virginia, almost none of whom desire to live in Nova, when honestly, I don't blame them. Uh, they all want to go somewhere where they can afford more and have more space and they don't have to work in Nova anymore. So I'll give you one guess where they're heading, Mike. They're heading to Richmond, Virginia. And so uh, the house prices here, from what I understand, have been absolutely bananas. And it's not quite as ugly as it is for you, um, but it's not great. And so what's happening is like local Richmonders are hoping to like upsize or, or, you know, just get a different home. And they're in these awful like bidding wars and, 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 and whatnot with these people coming down from Northern Virginia with like twice as much money. And so my understanding is that, well, in fact, actually a, a house in the neighborhood next to ours it went up a few weeks, just a few weeks ago. And when the listing went up, which was like Thursday or something like that, it said in the listing, we need all of the offers by noon on Monday, your best and final by noon on Wednesday, we will pick the winner. And that's that. <laughs> the winner. And so you, you know, so at this point you're, you're basically having to say, I will buy your house for twice as much as you've listed it for. I don't need an inspection. I don't care what you've done mm. to it. The thing could be falling down. It doesn't matter. I'll buy it. And that's what you have to do in order to get a house. And so it's not the same as your, your situation. And, and in fact, I would argue yours is probably worse, but it's not great. Well, and there's I think the other almost part of like where the American system and the British system differ, which is like, so if, if we agree to buy somebody's house, but then they either change their mind or the deal falls through. They can just pull mm -hmm. out at any point up until the money is exchanged. Yeah, yeah. Which my understanding in the U.S., you you sign contracts, right? Yes, that's correct. We don't have that. I mean, there's still it's it's like you know how can a police officer pull you over? Well, they're supposed to use one of these five reasons, but in actuality, they can all but fabricate you know one of a trillion different reasons. Yeah. My limited understanding, having only bought one home. 15 ish years ago was, you know, you could weasel your way out in, well, in typical scenarios, you could weasel your way out. Well, the inspection said that this was not quite right and I'm out, you know, or something mm -hmm. like that. But today, if you're waiving the inspection, if you're waiving everything else, then yeah, you might be right. It may, it may um, not be my, that my different. My brother just bought his first home, um, mm -hmm. but he, they were originally going to buy one and the, it was, I think two weeks before they were going to exchange contracts. That's the end part for us. Mm-hmm. Like the final part, and you get the keys, you pay the money. Yep, yep, yep. The buyer was like, "We want more money," for no reason. They just wanted more money. You mean the seller said they wanted more money? Sorry, yes, the seller okay. said we mm. want more, we want like twenty grand more. What? And so they pulled out because they should have because it yeah, wasn't. Yeah, definitely. And they ended up 
in a much better area with a brand new built home. Like, oh, nice. It was a horrible thing that happened to them, but, but they have ended up... up in a vastly better situation. It's one of those things where like, at the moment you can't see it, but I have no doubt for the rest of their lives, they will talk about how lucky they were that that person was an <laughs> idiot. You know what I mean? Right, 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 right. And then the great thing is like when they, I don't know about now, but like when they moved in, that house was still on the market, the one that they had originally tried oh, to buy. Oh, yeah. Isn't that the best? We had yeah. a similar situation when we bought this house. We had actually put a, an offer in on a different house in this neighborhood. And they were like, no, we want more money. We want more money. And we walked. And we ended up spending, I think, the same money or maybe even a hair more on this house, which was a better fit for us. And that other house that we had originally put the deposit or the, put the offer in on sold like two months later for less money than we offered. Oh, and good. I felt so oh, smug about love it. That. You've got to love it, man. Yeah. I don't know. Have you seen the um? Have you seen the TikTok? I, I'm gonna have to dig it up. But um, some dude did a TikTok. TikTok. <laughs> no, I'm not. I, I have an account, but I don't ever look at it. But right. some dude did a TikTok that fl- I think floated over into uh, Instagram Reels, which is where I saw it. Um, that was talking about the real estate market like a year ago, and it is so, one of the funniest and best done like 60 second TikToks I've ever seen in my life. I don't think I'm gonna be able to dig it up right now, but I will try to find it so we can have it in the show notes. Okay. Um, oh, I did find it. I did find it. So wow. um, we're not, you're not gonna watch it right now, obviously, no. but it is hilarious. And in the span of like a minute, it perfectly encapsulates the market, certainly here in the States and from the sounds of it where you are as well. It's rough, man. I don't really know what the process is going to be like for us. Um, I don't know how long it's going to take. Uh, but it's just, we got to do it. We've got to start at some point, and we're gonna, we've are gonna we chosen to start now. Uh, but yeah, it, it, I'm, I'm expecting not a great time over the next, I mean, I say few months, but who even knows how long it's, yeah. this would take. But the good news is, and it's easy for me to say, but the good news is there's no like urgent need for you to get out of the current house, Mm-mm. right? Like, no. I mean, you could survive it's just desire. Yeah. Yeah, totally. This is what my mom always tells me. And she's right. Like, she's telling me today about it. She's right. Like, there's nothing pressing us. Like, when we moved into our current place, there was a press. Like, my mom needed to move. Mm-hmm. She was buying my grandma's house. And that meant we needed, <laughs> we had to go somewhere. Um, right, right. But we are, yeah, there's, we're not, nothing is, is forcing us. We have a nice place, you know, but I, I just want more. You know, I've got like a couple <laughs> of things going on. Like one, I want, I just want us to have more space and to like really like think it through. Like, what do we want our home to be? Yeah. The other thing is like where we've been in our place for whoever knows how many years, at least six I'm all my friends and family members and stuff. They're all moving into new places, mm-hmm. and they're all, in my opinion, nicer. <laughs> and it's making me jealous. Yeah, oh, that <laughs> so hurts, man. It hurts. Yeah. yeah, I completely agree. I completely because understand. I want what they have, you know. And we yep. could have it if we could just do the thing, you know. Yep, um, I totally hear you. Yeah, a lot of a lot of our peers have been buying both recently and pre COVID have been buying like these ridiculously fancy and large houses mm-hmm. with, I don't know whose money. Cause <laughs> like they're spending just asinine amounts of money on these houses. And, and I don't want to have a mortgage on a house that expensive, but it makes me jealous looking at these beautiful, 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 sometimes brand new homes or like yeah. recently completely gutted homes and it makes me jealous, man. Like, I wish I had something like that. But that being said, like, I love my current house. And certainly once we put that screened in porch in the back, it has dramatically yeah. and positively improved our 
experience here. And, and so I, I feel for you, man. I feel for you. I hope it goes well. I hope you have 85 times the patience I have, because goodness knows I have no patience. Um, and so I hope, I hope that you can hang on and find exactly what you want. I'm coming to terms with that not happening, because <laughs> if I try and do that, Adina tells me this, if we are looking for perfection, we will not find it. This is true. We have to find something that's good enough, and then we can make it perfect. Yeah. yeah we just I need agree. the like the bones of what we are looking for, which, I mean, even just our basics are complicated enough. <laughs> you would be surprised, because like, I have been surprised, how many houses in like the suburbs of London that have just mm -hmm. one bathroom. Oh, no. Because they're old, no. right? Yeah, it makes sense, but no. <laughs> exactly, but like we have two bathrooms now. I cannot go down to one bathroom. Yeah. <laughs> right? So like no. that, even that is going to make it hard enough. Yeah, I completely, completely agree with you. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's brutal. I wouldn't call it brutal, but it's well, difficult. Fair. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's hard. It makes yes. it a difficult decision, at least, I think. Yes, indeed. This episode of Analog is brought to you by Wealthfront. So many people regret not getting their investments in order earlier in life. And it's no wonder why, because it can feel like you have to be a genius to navigate investing. Thankfully, Wealthfront is on hand to help. The secret to Wealthfront's performance is great software. It's built to make it easy and rewarding to build your long-term wealth. Wealthfront's automated trading optimizes your portfolio based on your own risk settings, which helps you reach your financial goals without lifting a finger. They also get you automatic tax breaks that can boost your returns even when the market dips. You can go with Wealthfront's expert-built portfolios, including a socially responsible option that's designed around sustainability, diversity, and equity. Or you can build your own portfolio with their curated selection of funds. Wealthfront is trusted with over $27 billion in assets, helping nearly half a million people build their wealth. And Investopedia just named them the best robo-advisor for 2022. To start building your wealth and get your first $5,000 managed for free, for life, go to Wealthfront.com analog. That's W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash analog to start building your wealth. That is W-E-A-L-T-H-F-R-O-N-T dot com slash analog. Wealthfront.com slash analog to get started today. Our thanks to Wealthfront for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. Excellent. All right, so I would like to take just a moment and uh, talk about spring break last week. Uh, the reason we were delayed spring recording, break, woo! Woo! Uh, the reason we were delayed recording was because uh, the family, uh, my family, we all went into the mountains. And so, speaking of Virginian geography, uh, Virginia is kind of a it's kind of sort of a big triangle, and um, and on the left or western edge of Virginia, there's the uh, Shenandoah National Park and Blue Blue Ridge Mountains, and we went into the mountains and spent basically the work week up there. Uh, and it was pretty amazing, even though there were some foibles here and there. Um, but I wanted to talk about a couple of things and Mike, what are the, the absolute no fly zones when it comes to topics to discuss on a podcast? Like what are the topics you refuse to discuss on a podcast? No, not just you personally, like generally speaking, refuse to discuss religion. Mm -hmm. Well, guess what I want to talk about for a minute? Oh, geez. <laughs> so oh, buckle God. up, everyone. All right. Buckle I up. just need to just state for the record. I have no idea where this is going. This, this is true. 
Mike Hurley takes no responsibility for what's about to happen. Also true. Okay, this good. is all my fault. Uh, so I, I, we're going to get there in a second, but yeah, I, I, we are going to talk about religion oh, oh, so briefly. Um, so we went up to the Shenandoah National Park and we stayed in an Airbnb, a really, really lovely Airbnb that that honestly was a little too big for us, but it was great. Uh, that's literally on the side of a mountain. And uh, I don't know if it's appropriate for me to actually link the listing in the show notes. I probably won't, to be honest with you. But just imagine this really beautiful on the outside. It is a log cabin looking thing, but it's one of those situations where the outside is a log cabin. The inside is like a completely modern home. Um, and it was really, really awesome. And, yeah. and it was more it than looks, enough space. You sent some images to me and it looks stunning. Basically, yeah. imagine a really beautiful big cabin on the side of a mountain. It looks like that. So you don't need yeah. to see the image because it looks like that. <laughs> yeah, exactly right. Exactly right. Um, so yeah, so we stayed there. Um, we stayed there for Monday through Friday. And the, you know, it wasn't perfect. Uh, I felt like I lived in London for most of the week because it was raining every morning, all morning, and sometimes all day for most of the week. And that made things a little bit challenging since one of the major things we were trying to do was go hiking in the Shenandoah National Park uh, for a loose definition of hiking. I mean, remember, we have small children, so um, it, it, the, it was more walking in the woods than it was you know, a proper hike. But you know, a couple of them were fairly decent hikes. And nevertheless, uh, we made the best of it. And where religion comes in, I was going to is... say, I, I like, I'm waiting, you know, mm -hmm. and I can't mm -hmm. see where this is happening. But all yeah. right, so we're, we're let me, let me bring it. it around. So there's uh, a couple of very popular hikes in uh, in the Shendo National Park. Uh, and well, there's many of them, but but one in particular is called Little Stony Man, and I probably can dig up some sort of like hiking related, um, website that, that talks about this, but with little stony man, um, it basically you're walking up the mountain, uh, you park the car and then you walk up the mountain and this is rocky. And it, in our case, it was wet. Um, it was nothing that the kids couldn't handle, but it was, it was easily the most challenging thing that they had ever done when it comes to hiking and hiking related things. Uh, Matt had put a link in the, in the chat, which I'll put in the show notes. Thank you, Matt. Um, and, but the thing of it is, is when you get to the top of, or the, the you know, overlook of that little stony man, you get this just unreal view of, of the Blue Ridge mountains and you can see it in Matt's link. And if you look at the, the kind of header image uh, on all trails, which is what Matt had linked to, the, the road that you see off to the right-hand side of that like cover header image, um, that, is, that, that is the Skyline Drive, which is the road that runs through the Shenandoah National Parks. So that's the road we drove on to get to this hike. And it's really cool. Like, it's just stunningly beautiful. And I'm not saying this is, you know, there, there are pretty places everywhere. I'm not trying to claim that I'm the best or anything like that, but it's stunningly beautiful. Um, USA, USA, right? <laughs> anyway, uh, but all kidding aside, so we're walking or we're hiking up to Little Stony Man, and it's for the kids. It's relatively aggressive for us. It was, you know, not easy, and mm -hmm. it's wet. It's raining. It's cold. It's the the visibility is almost nothing. So as we're driving to the the parking spot, I say to Erin, or maybe she said to me, "Look at the visibility right now," and she says, "Yeah." So we you can't see anything. She said, yeah. Oh, oh no. Because we realized we're going to get to the top of this mountain, to the top of the hike, and we're going to see pea soup everywhere around us. You know, the, the visibility was like 15 feet 
and you're trying to look literally miles into yeah, what's the, the point Shen, of into the, the Shenandoah Valley. Thing, like. So we're freaking out that like, wait a second, we're going to get to this hike and we're going to say to the kids, imagine what you would be able to see. Look at this image. Yeah, exactly. That's what's exactly. Over there. Well, and we're going to talk about that actually, because we couldn't just get our out, get out our iPhones and there's, we'll talk about that in a second, but suffice to say there, there would be like, okay. So we get to the top and our plan was, you know, we had bought some of these like MRE meal meals, ready to eat style, like dehydrated things. And, um, so like a dehydrated ice cream sandwich as an example. So it's, it was once upon a time, an ice cream sandwich, all the water has been sucked out of it. So now it's like a crumbly mess that tastes like an ice cream sandwich as a silly example. You know, you don't have to refrigerate it or anything. It's it's just, it's like, it's its own weird thing. And we had gotten one of them where it mm. included like a chemical oven. So you put, you know, it's like a little baggie of food and you put some liquid on this particular packet in, in and you stick that into a bag and you, you know, wrap it around itself and wait 10 minutes. The next thing you know, you've got a hot meal. And so we thought, all right, what we'll do is when we get to the top, we'll cook the little like spaghetti and meatballs and we'll have the ice cream sandwich and that'll at least entertain the kids. And at least they'll be happy about that. And for their, to their credit, they've been doing a great job. Like they were really into it. They were really excited. They were having a blast, et cetera. How long does this walk take? Uh, it was like half an hour, 45 minutes up and then the same back. Um, so some total of an hour to an hour and a half. Um, <laughs> Cause the way so you're describing it with the meal, it, I was like, Oh my was, God, Alan, it was a six there. hour tour, Mike. It was a three hour yeah. tour. What is it from uh, Gilligan's Island anyway? But no, it wasn't that bad, but we don't, the kids are, and you know, kids. Seven, no, no, I get it. You, you, you got know. the little kids. Sorry. That makes yeah, it a so whole different it, thing. I get it. it, I, get it, it, it I get it. So, so anyway, so we needed something to reward them or we felt like we needed something to reward them. So we get to the top and guess what? Pea soup everywhere we look. And we were bummed, but we're putting on the happy face. Within two minutes of us being on the summit of Little Stony Man, all of a sudden, the clouds disappeared. Mm -hmm. It was like nothing I have ever seen. And I am getting slightly teary-eyed just retelling the story because it was like it happened for us. Mm. I don't actually believe that to be the case, but it was as though it yeah. happened for us. We approached, we got to the summit. And suddenly, somehow, some way, clouds disappeared as though someone was saying to us, here you go. This is what you were waiting for. Getting increasingly nervous about the religion part of this conversation. It was, it suffice <laughs> to say, this is, this is all I'm going to say about it. I am not a religious person. I grew up kind of not really much of anything yeah. um, for interesting and uninteresting reasons. It was hard watching this happen. And not think that somebody was pulling the strings some way yeah. or some way somehow. Yeah. And that's I, that's all I, I, I really look to say about that. And oh well, that's not religion then. Well, I mean, it felt like it it felt like one of those moments that like a a person who describes themselves as born again would point to and say, This is when I knew God existed. Sure, and, sure, sure. And that's that's what it was like. And I'm not trying to say one way or another what anyone should or should not believe, but uh -huh. it was it was awesome in the literal definition of the word. Like it, it, yeah. it, it was it, it awe inspiring. Was all. <laughs> it was, yeah, it, I guess it was, what that means. it was the sum of awe. It was unreal. And I, I, and we are so incredibly, incredibly lucky to have been able to see that turn out the way it did. And, yeah, that's nice, and it man. just, it makes, it makes you think, it just makes you think. And, and it was super cool. And we did a few other hikes 
And uh, to, to make this topic a little bit shorter, you know, we did some other hikes. They did a great job. We took Penny on one of the hikes, which actually went okay, uh, which was quite surprising. And we made the best of it. You know, there was a lot of time that the weather was just crummy. It just did not work the way we wanted it to. But by and large, it was really incredible fun. And it was a really great time. Uh, the only challenging part, at least for me, was there, there was little to no internet anywhere around the cabin, including on Oof. these hikes. Oof. So my cell phone had zero service for most oh of Monday through Friday. Mm-hmm. Um, the cabin did have Wi-Fi, but because it's in the middle of freaking nowhere, it had satellite-driven Wi-Fi. And so that meant that apparently, so apparently the satellite internet is capable of up were, to 25 you, megabits down. Were you assisted by our friend Elon or no? No, 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 no. This was uh, HughesNet, I believe, is the, is the company. Who's that, you? In, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know who it is. <laughs> but uh, H-U-G-H-E-S Net. I'm pretty sure that's right. HughesNet. Um, and this is, this is a company that's been around doing this sort of thing for forever. High-speed satellite. Well, and so here's the thing. It was very funny because in the Airbnb listing, they made it very clear, like the internet sucks. The internet sucks. Don't even expect to be able to do darn near anything on it. And so I knew that going in. So I had put literally like a quarter of a terabyte of random media on my computer so I could play, you know, kids shows for the kids if we aren't able to go hike, which turns out we weren't for a lot of it. Um, You know, and I put on some movies for Aaron and me to watch. And so it was fine. It, It worked out just fine. But uh, it's funny to me because apparently the way the plans work for Hughes is that you get very, you know, very severely, ban- uh, severe limits to your uh, data. You know, I think it was like 25 gigs is all you get or something like that in a month. And the way they put it on the listing was, well, here's the thing. You get like three, you get awful speeds, like truly awful. You cannot stream video. Don't even try speeds. And that was my experience for sure. But looking into it, what I think they do is the people who own the house just pay for, you know, regular fast service every month, but they expect that the first people in the month will blow through all the fast service and then Hughes just absolutely neuters the Uh. connection so that you get two megabits down and like a half megabit up. And that's what I experienced for a week. It was unreal. I was, I had to try twice or thrice to send an email with a two meg PDF attachment because it was that slow. I couldn't do and that. Also, and also, I, I know it's an issue for me to deal with. Right. But like, I don't think I could do that. I, I don't think I could handle that. It was, it was something. And I, I mean, it, it, it was fine cause I knew it going in, but it was, it was something I tell you what. Yeah. You see, here's um, the, I think the difference between me and you is I wouldn't go in. Right. Yeah, you well, knew it okay. going in and made yeah. the decision. Yeah, yeah, if yeah. I knew I that, that, I would not go in. Yep, I can understand that, but uh, but it was it was fine and uh-huh. and it worked out. But it was it was tough. And and the other thing is like I couldn't even just rely on my cell service because there was no cell service. You know, in yeah. that in that experience, generally I I use no data, especially during COVID. But even before COVID, like screw it, I'll just tether for the week. Who cares? But I didn't have cell phone service, and so like exchanging text messages was al- almost always impossible. I could do iMessages pretty reliably usually. But text oh messages, God. I couldn't because there was no service whatsoever. Um, it, it's, it is a miracle in the grand scheme of things that this worked at all. And what was funny was because it was such pea soup outside, maybe this is all in my head, but I swear that on the mornings in particular, when it was rainy and overcast, the internet worked like garbage. 
And then in the <laughs> afternoons when it got sunny, it at least worked. I mean, that kind of makes sense to me. Right? Right? It's coming it, through it the sky. Nuts. If the sky's all cloudy, how's the internet exactly. going to get through? You exactly. know what I mean? Maybe it's all in my head. I don't know. But it 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 was it was an experience. And I like to think I handled it pretty well. I don't know. You, you ever should, think you that maybe Aaron, your attempt right? to use the internet cleared up the sky? <laughs> yeah, maybe that was it. Who knows? Blew the satellite waves through <laughs> right, the clouds. Right, right. Maybe that was it. Warmed them up enough and they dispersed. I don't know. But uh yeah, and so in the in the one sense, like it is a miracle that we can get satellite or we can get internet from space. I was getting internet yeah. from space. Yeah. But nevertheless, it was it was slow and challenging. Space uh, but, internet. But but it was cool. It was it was a great experience, and you know I'm so glad we got to do the hikes. I'm so glad that we were able to make the most of it. We also got to see uh, Luray Caverns, which is uh, really really cool. It's one of the biggest, I think, the biggest caverns in the East Coast, um, and one of the biggest caverns in the world. And so we got to go through there, and that was really amazing. Aaron and I had done that like a decade ago, and the kids got to see it, and they were like, "Whoa!" <laughs> um, so it, that was really neat, uh, and it was it was just it was a great trip, and I'm really really glad that we had we we were lucky enough to be able to do that. That seems like I had a good experience. Yeah, yeah, it was it was really great, and uh, you know, in the mornings. Uh, Aaron decided she wanted to have some coffee and I'm oh, pretty sure I know, and I, I'm pretty sure I know where she got that coffee. Do you want to tell me anything about that? Yeah, I would love to, as I really love talking about trade. When you become a trade coffee customer, you can enjoy knowing that you have the freshest and best tasting coffee you've ever made at home. And the coffee that you'll be drinking will be from the country's best independent craft roasters, which also helps out small businesses too. I love trade coffee. Uh, I really, really enjoy the variety that they send, which still matches my taste preferences, which I'm able to tell them they have a great quiz where you can go through all of that stuff. And so like, I really recommend it. This is like, if you are a big coffee person and you want to, you know, you just want to get some uh, more options, you want to try some new stuff, or maybe you've been interested in coffee, but don't know where to start. This is what trade is all about. Trade's coffee team taste tests thousands of coffees to keep 450 different kinds live and ready to ship every single day. Everyone has that one coffee that they just love and trade's going to help you find it. It's so incredibly, trade is so incredibly confident that they're going to match you right the first time with something that you're going to just find amazing, that if they don't, just give them your feedback and one of their coffee experts will work with you directly to send a brand new bag for free so you know you'll be looked after. And what I love about Trade is like you do the whole thing and you can get a subscription and they'll send you new stuff so you get to try new things. But then they keep all of that, like all those different types of coffee in stock, as I mentioned, right, for 450 kinds. So you can then just go buy a bunch of bags as well from, uh, you know, from the selection, which I just think is really great. It takes just answering a couple of questions to get your own personalized variety of coffees delivered fresh to you as often as you like. They have delivered over 5 million bags of fresh coffee with more than 750,000 positive reviews. Right now, Trade is offering new customers a total of $30 off your first order plus free shipping when you go to drinktrade.com slash analog. That's more than 40 cups of coffee for free. Get started by taking their quiz at drinktrade.com slash analog and let Trade find you a coffee you'll love. One last time, that is drinktrade.com slash analog for $30 off. Our thanks to Trade for their support of this show and Relay FM. Mike, what an F1 season we've got. Oh, man. I am loving this season of F1. Holy smokes. 
Uh, I'm not only loving the season of F1, but I'm enjoying uh, recaps by this these two fellows that uh, I kind of know, one of whom I know very well, one of whom I don't know quite so well. But uh, the backmarkers, it's a thing. Tell me about it. Uh, have I not mentioned it on this show? I, I, I Genuinely, I don't remember. I guess I not, honestly, right? I honestly don't remember either. I don't think we've talked about it, but yeah, I'm not 100% sure. I don't even think sure. the season had started. Correct. When we lost both because we've had a bit right. of a longer gap than usual. So uh, Austin Evans and I uh, have a new show called The Backmarkers. It is a video and audio podcast. We stream live uh, as soon as the races are done. Um, after every single race is the, is the goal, and that's what we've done so far. Um, kind of as soon as we can to being live from once it's done. Uh, and then we publish an audio and a video version of the show and basically it's a recap show. So we watch the race and then we talk about what we thought uh, immediately straight after. It's just, just a fun thing. This is, we, we, you know, me and Austin have been working on the test drivers for the last two years and that show has now been replaced uh, by the backmarkers because ultimately we just wanted to talk about Formula One uh, and not do anything else. <laughs> Anymore. That doesn't sound familiar at all. Uh, yeah, but like, you know, I feel like so this is the thing, it integrates more e- easily into this show, yeah, I think, yeah. than it did mm-hmm. into Test Drivers. And so we were like, you know what? Forget it. Let's just actually just make the show we want to make, which is that one. Um, and we've been doing and I've been really, really happy so far. Um, it's been a lot of fun to produce. Casey's been very helpful uh, in helping me make some of the video stuff look a bit better. Casey's very good at giving feedback to me, and I always appreciate it. Oh, thanks. Um, even though I don't always agree, I agree mostly. And sometimes this is the thing. So I changed like my camera angle. I didn't agree with you. And then I did it. I was like, Casey was right. So <laughs> sometimes when I don't agree, I even do it, you know, and then yeah. realize that hashtag Casey was right. Yeah, it happens every great once in a while. It does happen. Mm-hmm. No, it's, it's been fun for me to watch. Um, first of all, just cause you know, I know you and I know Austin some, but uh, it's been fun to me for me to watch because each episode you have gotten obviously and demonstrably better than the last one yeah uh, yeah because two and, things and are happening good. we're finding the show and we're also getting better asterisk at the the video part mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um but we're still having some teething problems like austin's camera shot was shutting off my camera was shutting off on the last one. it's complicated like it's there's a lot going on in trying to get this set up right um, but I'm enjoying the process of learning. Yep. Yep. And, it, and you can tell that you guys are having fun. You're doing a good job. You had this most recent episode you were recording at two god awful times. Oh, to the Australian Grand Prix was a yeah. nightmare for us both. Yeah. It, I, we started the show at like, I don't know what it was, like my my 9 a.m., something like Austin's 1 a.m. <laughs> just like, this is just terrible. Like, I, I, published a podcast before breakfast i've never done that before mm-hmm. i hadn't mm-hmm. eaten anything yeah yeah that's bananas. Kind of yeah the, 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 the race started i think at one in the morning maybe it was two but it was one or two in the morning for us which is just not gonna work yeah uh, we, but, we got up it was six we got up and watched it oh golly good for you but nonetheless actually come to think of it that's gonna make the american ones will that work out no that'll be the middle of the night for you won't it when the american ones happen no it depends well, like if Vegas is a night race, what time? When so is it? My my. So Vegas got added to the calendar for 2023, and they haven't announced it yet. But the rumor is it's going to be at 10 p.m. So it will be the same as the Australian. Oh, okay. So that's livable for you then. So like it's so basically, I think their plan is 
night race is the only way to go at Vegas, right? Because otherwise, yeah. why else do it? Yep, yep, yep. Um, and uh, the and I think the expectation is, well, we already do it for Australia at this time, and everyone in Europe doesn't like it, but deals with it. So if yeah. we just do another another race at that time, at least it's something that they're used to. Because yep, I think sense. it would be a shame. I think it would be a shame to put new races into the calendar that become even harder for some people to watch live. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, you I know? think it, it, I shouldn't complain about American times because for the most part, they're just morning races on Sunday mornings for us. Like at usually pretty decent times, like eight, nine o'clock in the morning, which when you have kids, that's, you know, mid morning at that point. <laughs> and so, uh, that works out for us. But, um, but yeah, I, I, I really enjoyed back markers. I, I I am prepared for the audio only guest experience. I don't know if I'm prepared for a video guest experience. Between... This is the thing. <laughs> I so know, like, I know. That, but like, so this, I want to have you on. I want to have Brad on for sure, like mm -hmm. you two for mm -hmm. sure, because you know, you, you're both really into it, but you got to be video ready. And that is yeah. the other thing is like, it's going to be second half of the season at least, because I still can't even get me and Austin right. <laughs> adding a adding another person in is going to be like a nightmare. Yeah. But I really want to do it. I really want to have more uh, of Real FM hosts on because yeah. everyone's no, getting totally into it big that. time, which is awesome. Yeah. And people are getting into it because uh, related follow up: Drive to Survive season four in the can done. Mm -hmm. uh, I loved it. Loved it as I always do. I wouldn't say I loved it. Well, okay, that's fair. I liked it a lot. I liked it a lot. It was really good. I found out and I, there were some episodes that I really liked. They just didn't follow some of the stories I wanted them to follow. And it seems That's like fair. they got in a little mm -hmm. bit of trouble. Um, mm. I don't know if you've been following this at all. Uh, but there is, there is or will, sorry, there has or will be, I've read about this, uh, a meeting between uh, the I drivers, the team mm -hmm. principals, and the production company mm -hmm. to talk about the next season. Because the problem was... And uh, Sergio Perez had a great quote about this because he was really upset because he spent two days, I think it was, with the team in uh, when they're in Mexico, doing like a whole thing with him, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and they didn't use any of the footage. Mm, and he said that like tough. he wasn't bothered that they didn't use that footage. What bothered him is they didn't use that footage. Plus, they manufactured some drama that didn't exist. He was like, there were so many stories to tell in the season that you could have just told. But instead, yeah, that's, they that's, hyped that's up fair. drama of things that weren't true. Like with the main thing that's got a lot of criticism, that like the show seemed to be trying to be saying that there is it, there is an issue between Lando and Ricardo, which mm, apparently mm -hmm. is not there. Right, 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 right. Like they have tension, but they get on very well. And like mm -hmm. this is also criticism, I don't know why they'd pick on Lando so much, with Lando and Carlos in right. the previous season. They tried mm -hmm. to make it look like there was tension between them, which there isn't. Yeah, yeah. Or at least I mean, it's not to the level that the show tries to show it. Totally. At. And saying like that, you know, really last year there was a lot of stories, big things, big dramatic things that they did not really focus on in season four at all, which is like, and I think that was the frustration. So yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah. I know Max refused to participate in season four. And I think the concern is now more drivers will want to not be a part of it. And so I, that's why I think they're kind of sitting down and being like, all right, we this is clearly going well for everyone, but let's like chill out a little bit on this. But I enjoyed the season because some of the stories that I did want to see, like George, the whole thing around mm -hmm, George, uh, mm -hmm. I really enjoyed all of that. Yep, um, agreed. But yeah, I, I, this maybe have been my least favorite season of the show. I think that's fair, yeah. But I still really enjoyed it. 
But yep. it had a few things where it's like, okay, now I'm much more aware of what's going on. I'm starting to see some of the flaws in Drive to Survive. Yeah, I think that's very well put. Uh, no, I, I enjoyed it quite a lot. I, I don't think it was my favorite by any means, like you said, but I enjoyed it. Um, the season, the season so far, we're, what, three races in? I am loving yeah, I'm, this season. I'm it's amazing. It's everything we wanted, right? Like yep. the, the whole idea behind, because in case you're not following or you don't follow that closely, this year is, this was supposed to happen in 2021. Um, there's been a bunch of changes to the sport. There are like budget caps and all that kind of stuff, but they have brand new cars now, like a whole new car design with lots and lots of rule changes. There are big ones and small ones, but they amount to this overall different package for what the car is like. And it has done two things, which are were the, were the objective and I think have led to the season being more exciting. One, the cars can drive closer to each other. So mm -hmm. there is more chance for overtaking and the racing is more exciting to watch if they can get close to each other. Two, it's completely, <laughs> shook, up, it's completely shook up the order. And now Ferrari, who were uh, top mid-tier for the last two years, are currently very in the lead. Yeah, with just Mercedes. absolutely dominating. Basically, Ferrari and Mercedes have swapped. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of. I never right. thought of it that way, but yes, I would agree with that. Which is where they are right now. Uh, but again, it's like there are a lot of conclusions being drawn about this season. I am guilty of doing this too, but we're so early into it, anything can happen. Because it's like, you know, where we are right now is Ferrari's fast and Red Bull's fast. Mercedes aren't fast enough, mm -hmm. but Ferrari and Red Bull having reliability problems and they're not getting both drivers to finish their races yep, yep mercedes yep, yep. is yep right it's like at the moment it's like if you were watching the races not paying attention to the scores you may not realize that george russell is second in the drivers championship yeah he's the front runner and, and it's so funny because when we were watching the most recent race you know russell was ahead of, of hamilton Mm -hmm. Hamilton having won the last 34 years of championships until last year. And, and so I said to you guys, cause I think you had, you had of course already seen it. I was watching it on a delay and I said, Oh, I'm on lap 40, whatever. And I'm just waiting for George to get the call that Hamilton's going to have to pass, you know, yep. cause Hamilton's our guy. And it never came. And I was like, no, nope. I mean, I'm happy that it never came, but I'm, I didn't understand it. And then I don't remember if you said it or if I realized, but one way or another, George is in the lead as compared to Lewis. Like if uh -huh. you were to just go on points, George is their guy for this year, at least right I had now. This thought. I mean, like, okay. So part of the reason for that is like Lewis made some mistakes. They had his car set up pretty badly in the previous race to Australia. And he ended up just, it was just a bad time for him, but George had a decent time. So it's pushed him ahead a little bit. I, I, it was too early to say all of that. The main thing that I was thinking about, which I have completely overlooked and I have not thought about, not spoken about, and I haven't seen much talking about, is George Russell was doing something that most drivers are not capable of doing. Going into a team and getting results. Yeah. If you well think about every driver that goes into an existing team, they are always outpaced by the previous teammate. Mm -hmm. well, at least mm -hmm. that's what I've seen, right? Like there always isn't a they call it like the adjustment period, right? Yeah. George has not had one. <laughs> he is driving as good as Lewis and in some some races better. Yeah. And yeah. I think that is incredible. 
it makes me sad a little bit, right? <laughs> because, you know, with the right car, he could have been the world champion this year. Maybe, right? Maybe. Mm-hmm. Still could happen, right? Could. He had his true podium this weekend, which made me so goddamn happy. <laughs> right? It's not his best result in Formula One, technically, right? Sure. But, you know, he did it. Uh, and so, I'm, yeah, I've got very high hopes for George Russell, which makes me very happy because I love George and I want to yeah. see him do well. And who knows? But I will say, though, at the moment, I'm loving Charles Leclerc as yeah. the front oh. runner. Uh, you know, me too. If, if it's for me, if it's not going to be one of my Mercedes boys. And if it's not going to be Lando, which would be an outside choice, but, you know, I love Lando Norris too. Very happy for it to be Eva Ferrari driver. Honestly, like I, I really like Carlos and I really like Leclerc. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, like everybody else, I'm just blown away by his, like he, I feel like Charles Leclerc was almost like a sleeping giant. Yeah. And people have been saying this for years, but he hasn't really shown us until this year. I don't think he has had the ability to. Maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, like he has had these spark moments, right? Where he like pole in Monaco, but have bad luck, you know, like, and mm-hmm. he's, he's pulled out really great performances. But I think now it's the combination, like he has the car so he can show, because I think the thing that he has shown most is he's smart. Yeah. Like yeah. that's the thing that Charles Leclerc is showing. It's not just that he is fast. It's not just that he's got a good car. He's a smart driver because he keeps He's done. He's already changed the way that people were driving this season. With like in the first race when he was slowing down, letting Max pass him so he could get DRS so he could overtake him. He did it three times, like two or three times in a row. Now everyone's doing it, right? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. it wasn't really a thing people were thinking about before. But yep, this combination yep, yep. of because you can race closer without it affecting the car, DRS is more powerful, which a lot of people seem to have problems with at the moment. But I. I like it. I think it's it's fun to watch these cars drive really close and zoom past each other, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, for me, maybe I'm just not a sophisticated F1 fan, but I enjoy lots of what I would call passing, but it's really called overtaking. You know, I, I yeah, like that's what I want to see. I want to see the yep. cars race. Like, that's the point of this, exactly. right? Like, that's why they've done it, because they know it's fun to watch. Yep. And I like it. Same. I completely agree with you. And and it's a similar thing. And I'm sure there's legitimate like safety reasons for it. But like um, when I think it was Lance got penalized for weaving a little too much on a straightaway, like I can understand and wrap my head around why. But a part of me is just like, dude, let let them all race. Like if he wants to. There's weave, a difference because they uh, do. You can do a little bit of it when you're racing. But like if you're just driving down and just like zoom in left to right left to right like that's just dangerous like which is why i get why it's um, yeah. against the rules but like, like i think like you're playing mario kart or something <laughs> you know what i mean yeah yeah but I, I think some of the f1 like purists would would say oh there shouldn't be this much passing it should be more of a mental game blah 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 and to me people I have no want patience to get rid of that. drs right like i see, yeah, that, see like right? i have no patience for that whatsoever no. i think it makes it way more interesting yeah because yeah, you get to see fights right which is fun yeah as long yeah. as they're as long as they're not being violent towards each other exactly. which it hasn't doesn't to my memory there's not really been anything like that which seems to have been mean yet it's too not early not this year for that. not not like too max early, and lewis last year yeah 
Well, Max and Lewis I said, last I've year said this in the back market, so you've heard me say it probably, but it is really funny to me that all of the Sky billboards is uh, a Mercedes yes, and a I Red Bull fighting <laughs> against each other. It's like, that's not happening at all. Yep. Not, not only are they nowhere near each other, they seem to not care about each other, which is kind of funny. Uh, uh, yes. No, I did hear that just this morning when I was listening. Oh, and for those who don't know, a DRS is drag reduction system. So there's a rear wing in the very, very back of the car. And generally speaking, it's a, it's a piece of material, probably like carbon fiber or something. But in certain circumstances, at certain points in the track, that that wing will open up. So instead of being like a big air break, you know, if you think about it, it now becomes just basically empty space. So when that happens, that means that the person who is engaged DRS, the person who has tilted their wings such that it's just empty space, can go significantly faster than the people around them. And generally speaking, this is only permitted, and I'm oversimplifying here, but it's only permitted when you, in certain spots when you're within a second of the person in front of you. And so what that means is if you get close enough that you're a second behind the person in front of you, then in certain spots in the track, you can open up your rear wing and go way faster, which means what's probably going to happen? You're probably going to pass. But then the person who was in the lead that is now behind Guess what they're now able to do? And so it gets this back and forth that the the ignorant American in me loves. And I guess the 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 gentleman and lady F1 people, the 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 schooled and scholarly F1 people don't seem to like as much. Yeah. The the key part being that there's a certain area in the track, and at that point you have to be within one second behind your opponent to right. be able to to get the benefit. Like, yeah, but it, it's so much fun. I've loved, I mean, I've enjoyed F1 the last couple of seasons that I've been yeah. paying attention, but holy cow, have I loved it, loved yeah. this season so much. And I feel this like- This is what get, we want to see, right? Like, oh, you don't absolutely. want it, you don't, you don't, look, I am a big fan of Mercedes. I am a big fan of Lewis and George. I don't need to see them win all the time. I don't yeah. want to see them win all the time. I want to yep. see them fighting because that's more fun of a story. Because if- either of them end up with a really great result or if Mercedes win this season still, I mean, how great is that going to feel for me, right? Yeah, it's like, right, right, right. you know, what having watched them fight. And it will be even more fun for me if they win next year. They don't win this year, but they come back next year and they crush it, right? Like, that's what I want to see. I don't want to see the same stuff all the time. I will say I'm not one of those people that are like, oh, Lewis wins all the time. Like, I, I, would, I would also, if Lewis just won every single race forever, I would still be happy about it. Like, for me, it's not just who wins and loses. It's what is happening during the race? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like uh, what I loved about uh, the Australian race is, you know, Charles is out there racing his own race, right? And we weren't even watching him. I love when there's so much going on, and that's one of the big differences this year. Because like, when there's midfield fights, they're really fighting. They're not just like mm-hmm. going after each other in a train. Right, there's a lot of passing and a lot of fun strategy going on. Like Alex Albon, man, whoa, what is oh, Williams doing? Yes, oh it my reminded gosh. me of the episode of Drive to Survive, right? Mm-hmm. When they were talking about, well, look, what we are doing doesn't work for us, so we need to do things that people will not do. Like that was the thing that they were talking about, right? Yep. Do you remember that episode? Yep. 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 And they're like, we need to take strategy that others aren't doing. And that was how like then George was putting in all those incredible qualifying performances because they were doing things that people weren't expecting. And they were that's how they were getting their points. So then they're like, well, let's just run Albon all the way and change his tires on the last lap. Which is like, why would you do that? It seems like a terrible idea. But it worked and he got a point. Yeah. Right? Like yep. amazing. Like it was it was also one of those things where it was like 
no one was really, we weren't really paying attention to it too much in the race. And then as it was getting towards the end, they were like, hang on a minute. <laughs> Wait a second. What's going on here? Alex has, a, like, and I can imagine, like, if you're one of the commentators, you might be sending a message being like, is the data wrong here? And right. Like, no, right. Albon just has not pitted. He didn't take any of the opportunities during the safety cars. You know what I mean? It's like such an, inc- like, that the, the obvious thing to do is picture in the safety cars, what everybody does, right? But they weren't yep. doing that. Like, make the benefit now, benefit now. And he drove at such a good race, he was able to get it over the line still after take. It was just fantastic. Yep. Like, this is the kind of stuff that's happening this year, which is just so fun, right? Like, we're getting to see new things, things that haven't been done before, because it's all been turned on its head. It's like, I will say, like, it's a fantastic time to get into F1. It really is. I was going to say the same thing. There has never been a better time. Go watch Drive to Survive, then start with the races. You know, there's one in two weeks. There's another one in two weeks. Yep. No, it's uh, such a good time to join. And I feel like I got really lucky because when I really started paying attention, Lewis won another championship. And like, okay, that's fine. That establishes history for me. No, yeah, but that's you don't say it like that because we started at the same time. We got to watch the greatest of all time do his thing. Right, like fair. we okay, started fair. watching at the point when he could, on statistics, start to be called the greatest of all time. Like, how often in sport do you actually get to see the person who will probably be considered the best in their sport ever doing their thing while they're doing it? That is fair. And and as someone who was a big Chicago Bulls fan in the mid '90s, I got to see that, and it was right. amazing. And so you're right. You so know what I mean? See, so, so like, I, yeah, I think so, that we were lucky to get to see the season when he started breaking, equaling and breaking records. He still yeah, has agreed. one important one to break. Yep, I, I, you're right. And so we got to see that, and then we got to see the the new guy finally make it happen in Max last year. And now it's sitting here. Now it's anybody's game. Um, and, yeah. and it's just, I'm really excited for it. I will actually, as a quick parting note, uh, first of all, we absolutely need to say one more time that you should check out Backmarkers. Again, if video isn't your thing, uh, you guys don't make it such that the video is necessary, although it is nice. That is that is the point. The video, I'm very, I try very hard to make the video additive, not necessary. Yeah, exactly. So like, well if you put. watch the video version, it's fun because you get to see me and Austin talk or whatever, and you get to see our gestures. But I also put graphics on the screen that give context for like who won the race, where people mm-hmm. are in the standings. And my goal is to continue making these graphics better and add more stuff in. But my plan is never to be like, and you can see on the screen, like I don't want to do that, right? So like yeah. I want to make it so people that listen to the audio will still get as good, will get at least as good an experience as if the video didn't exist. Yep. And, and I think the plan. you've done a great job so Thank far. You. Um, so you should check out Backmarkers either, you know, at relay.fm slash backmarkers or uh, what, what, is, what is the YouTube URL again? Uh, go to backmarkers.live. Because that's it. That's it. It's Thank like you. youtube.com slash the backmarkers, sure. yeah, yeah, I think I is had, the, you know. But, yeah, I knew you had yeah. some sort of referral. Uh, one quick parting note, though, which is a little bit sad, but I think it's worth noting. Um, it was the morning that we were watching the F1 race. I think it was Sunday morning that um, Michaela, who is, you know, four years old, we were eating breakfast and watching the race. And she said, well, are there any girl drivers? I said, no. Uh, well, why not? Uh, I, hmm. <laughs> honestly, I didn't have a good answer for that question, but it kind of broke yeah. my heart a little bit. Um, four are years you familiar old. with Jamie Chadwick? I feel like I've heard the name, but I don't think I know anything about her. So I think Jamie Chadwick is probably the person who is, at the moment, most likely 
to get a seat at some point. So Jamie is in the Williams driver program and she's currently racing another series for W series, which Mm -hmm. is an all women's uh, racing championship. Jamie should, in my opinion, they should get rid of Latifi and bring Jamie Chadwick in next season. Yeah, but Latifi carries money. I agree with you. But but Doralton Capital has money. And right. right. this with... is their whole thing, is they're a money company, right? Mm. Um, mm-hmm. Because here's my thing on this, right? I don't, for, for, like, if I'm running Williams, just like, just from, listen to this as a business thing, right? This is a pure business thing. You get to be the team that has a female driver. Yeah. And you're going to get a lot of attention. Yes. And like, they have a history with this. So Susie Wolf was a part of Williams. Mm-hmm. And Susie got to, I think she got to drive in a race, I believe, if my memory is correct. She at least was in a session and was the last woman to do that in like the early 2010s. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it would be, like, because as well, you know, there's a, she did FP1, says Kate. So it's during a session, but didn't get to do the race. Jamie is fantastic. She has won W Series, I think, two or three, two times. And it was expected that she was going to move on maybe to at least F2 or something. But that hasn't happened. And she's now gone back to W Series. She's in the, uh, the Caitlyn Jenner's team. Oh, really? I did yeah. not realize that was the case. That's interesting. So uh, Jenner Racing is a new team this year. Mm-hmm. And Jamie is racing for them. Huh. Well, today I learned. Because Jamie left W Series, right? Expecting mm. that, the, I think, expecting that there was other options. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then that wasn't the case, was so now come back. Um, so I genuinely hope, I, uh, she is, I think, the, the, the generally agreed upon person as most likely to come in. And I hope it happens. It should happen. But the problem with Formula One is everything takes a long time yep. because of the, the super license, right? Mm-hmm. Like, this is the same as like, there's no American drivers, even though it's starting to get popular in America, and there won't be an American driver for probably a really long time because you've got to get the super license. And, you know, like, I don't know what the whole reason is for the super license. I don't know if the super license is a good thing to have. I'm sure there is a, at least a, a agreed upon idea of, like, you really need to have a lot of experience to be able to safely drive one of these cars, right? So, like, at least mm-hmm. that makes sense. But, yeah, so what I would say, honestly, for Michaela is, like, well, why don't you check out some W Series? Yeah, that's actually that's a very good point. I should do that. That's a very, very good point. So, and then, you know, I'm a fan of Jamie's and I hope that she gets, gets that seat in Williams because at this point, I mean, Latifi's at this point feels like he's only there for the money. Um, yep. And I would like to see Williams do something about that. Same. Absolute same. Mm-hmm.